Hi. Welcome. <laughs> the first ever episode of Mom, You Were Wrong. Yeah. There we go. So welcome, guys. And yeah, today we're just going to do an intro. Yeah, and we're just going to play 21 questions like mm. you did when you were 15 and try to get to know someone. Yeah, cute. You were like, who are you? I don't know. Did you ever do that? Well, I did it, I think, maybe like on Mixit or like BBM. <laughs> <laughs> when you like just get some random person's like pin thing. Yeah. And then you just like, let's play 21 questions. I definitely did that. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Throwback. It, yeah, it's a throwback. It's very yeah. nostalgic. So it's going to help, I think, for the people to get to know us, but also to just like... Speak and get comfortable. Yeah. Have a first episode. Yeah. It's not crazy. Cool. So cool. should we just go into it? Yeah. Do you want to ask or should I ask? I can go first because mine, my first ones are like very lighthearted. Okay. Mine's not. Mine yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had a feeling that you were going to yeah. be like that. So number one, what's your coffee order and why are we addicted to coffee? Tell the people. Coffee order. Mm. If I can't get a Gigi Soy, which is my favorite, I will get... Just to clarify, a Gigi Soy is a gelato. A gelato from Vida E with, with soy, soy milk. milk. Yeah. Best thing ever. If you ever have the chance to try that out, please do it. But also, not all baristas make it amazing. So yeah, that's the thing. If you ever have the chance to try it out on the campus of the University of Pretoria, definitely do. That's the one. Um, but otherwise, my coffee order is whatever ice drink they have. Mm-hmm. Blended. Mm-hmm. Extra vanilla, so milk. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's same. The, that's the one. Same. Why are we addicted to coffee? Because of the Gigi soy. Because of that, but also like, how did how did you start drinking coffee? <laughs> I think we dived into our addiction when we had to do our auditions for acting oh, the third true. year, and then we wanted to do like method acting, and we were like, we have to stay up really late and drink coffee so that we get very anxious. That was horrible. And then I learned, literally the day before that, I learned how to make mocha pot coffee. And horrible mocha pot coffee. Horrible mocha pot the, the coffee. Right we had three mocha pots of coffee, and yeah, then we were just wrecks after that. But I mean, the first time I ever realized that while well, you were definitely not a caffeine person was... <laughs> When we did, uh, we did a movement show in second year or third mm-hmm. year, and then we were in the same dressing room, and you brought a monster, the white one, and it had caffeine. Yeah. And you were telling me, she was telling me like, "This is so crazy! I can't handle caffeine. This is going to be insane." So I was like, "Okay." She drank that, and I could you not ten seconds later, you were shaking. Yeah, dude, I was. So my body's very sensitive to everything, all so, external inputs. Yeah, but I think I'm better with coffee now because I've drank it so mm. much. Definitely desensitized. Desensitized, but back then it was really bad. It was bad. Okay, I don't feel like this one is too deep, but you have to really think to answer it, I think. The question is, what is your philosophy in life? Like, what do you live life by? Whoa. I don't know, bitch. I just live, bro. (laughs) I think, okay, well, if I had to think about it, everything that I've done and every choice that I've made that has gotten me to this point has just been literally like... If it feels right, you know, like I'll, okay, let's say, I don't know, I've had to make crazy decisions in my life before, but I'll always like weigh out pros and cons, try to be logistic, like logistic, logical about it, Mm -hmm. not logistic, logical about it. But then ultimately it always boils, boils down to just like that gut feeling, you know? Yeah. I found this question so interesting because when I was looking for questions, this is the one question that really stood out to me Mm because I was like... I've never questioned that about myself. I've never been like, what is my philosophy? How do I live life? And what was interesting that I found about myself, I guess, or found out about myself was that I think my philosophy is just experiences and based on like experiences because I live my life that way. Like everything I do, I'm like, is this going to be an experience that I can take something away from? Mm. Like then I do it because I feel we're all reincarnated in here a million times. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if I'm here as a human, I'm supposed to experience things as a human being. So yeah, like, how am I going to sure. do that? Like what? There's no experience too crazy because yeah. I get to have it as a human. Yeah. That's why we're here. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get to have it as a human again. Mm. That's cool. I love that. Thanks. 
<laughs> You're like, oh my god. I was like, no, I felt like it was profound. No, it like, is profound. I should definitely book an appointment with my therapist and speak to her about this. No, it is profound and it's good. Yeah, it's I like, think it's easy to get stuck, you know, like yeah. in the same thing. And when I focus on experiences and gathering experiences, like I literally look at them like I have a basket and I can put like Easter eggs in it, but the Easter eggs are memories. Aww. And like yeah. the experiences I get are those things. And if I don't collect them in that basket, it's gone. It's, it's over. It's gone. That's so cute, dude. I love that. My next question. <laughs> You're going to die. This is so funny. There is, it's an open question, obviously, but there is one right answer. Oh, no. <laughs> there is only one right answer. Is it your right answer or is it like a general right answer? Okay, you'll see. So I'm going to ask it just plain. And then if you struggle, then I'll. I'll add to it. Okay. So what do you think was our defining era? Like there was a defining like pre and post this. The stalker moments. No, baby. No, why, do did, why do you have to make it deep? It has to be that. Okay. I guess. What do you, really. What is, what is it in your brain? Bounce. <laughs> uh, true. I'm try, right, remember, I'm trying to be lighthearted here, okay? No, but that's true. But also the stalker moment. Also the stalker moment. I completely forgot. The thing is, I just blocked that out of my memory completely. Well, it was a bit of a scary time. Yeah. Oh, well, hmm. Are we just going to talk about the stalker? That's no, so let us know if you, you want to hear a, a, an episode on our stalker. Um, all the encounters that happened. But yeah, Bounce was definitely defining. Like, we worked at Bounce for maybe two months yeah it wasn't even long well I got but, hurt halfway through that. yeah literally but I think it was supposed to be two months no it was and so I good. think um yeah it was definitely defining like it changed the thing is in my life. the reason why it's defining is that even now after we've not been working there for so long mm. we still look back at it and we're like whoa from a like business point of view it was amazing like mm. working for those employers was great they're a really good company yeah um the the problem is no I don't want to say the problem it's not a problem but the 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 drama the drama of it all <laughs> is the stop the tea of it all is the stop definitely but I also find like when I was working at Bounce I thought this is the only environment where that happens I was like this is very high school people are dating each other and it's weird and there's these people are gossiping about these people there was clicks and, yeah, and then now that I'm here in the adult person world, I find that, like, when I speak to you, like, mm. it's the same at their job. It's the same. Which dude. is, like, adult and supposed to be professional. Yeah. Why is it that these establishments still have that? And then I realized, well, if you're going to have a job where you work a nine-to-five and it's 40 hours of your week, that's 80% of your social encounters. Literally. So, as a human... You're going to naturally, naturally use do. that as a social environment. Yeah. And I think the thing is with Bounce is you kind of expect it because of the like company culture and just the way, um, the nature yeah. of the job. Like it is a fun place. You and know? it's students and stuff. So you expect it to kind of be like yeah. a little bit raunchy and like scandalous. Scandalous. But then I didn't expect that out of like. Like proper established companies. Yeah. So this is like, this goes apart with the question that you just asked. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you think was the best phase of your life so far? Ooh, the best phase of my life. Oh, it has to be varsity, dude. Yeah. Uni, definitely. But not, not first year and not honors. No, not first year, not honors. No. Honors was Second and third year. 2020, so we were in Kovivi. And we were studying from home. Can I just... Okay, yeah. This is my thing. Every time I talk about honours, I'm like, it's triggering. It's very triggering. The thing is, the first... What it was, month that we were there before... Kovivi. It was just we were on the highest high ever. It was so it good. It was amazing. And they, like, our lecturers had really planned an amazing year for us. And we had so much planned for ourselves. We had so much planned for ourselves. They were like, we're going to work with drones. We're going to work with this and do green screen and all these crazy things. And we were like... Then, two months later, we're at home. They're like, so film on your phones, guys. And I think the abrupt <laughs> thing about it was that one day we went to class and then the next day we didn't. Yeah. Like, there was no it was period an, of prep. an overnight thing. But I think second year. Second year and third year dude, were just... Second year and third year were literally just the bomb, dude. Third year specifically, I think for me, just because I felt like so settled in what we were doing. And we did like directing in that year. Mm-hmm. We did digital media for the first time in that year. But like, I felt so 
secure in we what you're doing. flourishing. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That was my peak. <laughs> Definitely. It's all downhill for me. <laughs> my next question is just because also I'm curious because I feel like I don't know this. Well, I do know this about you, but not really. Like, I feel like you change your mind a lot. So I change my mind all the time. What are your, in this moment, your career goals? Like, what do you aspire Oof. to right now? That's really hectic. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I think it's hectic because it's constantly changing yeah. in the industry we're in. Um, I still would love to stay in this industry, but it would not be for anyone else. It would be for myself or with you, like in a separate company, whatever that it turns out to be. Yeah. Um, and further than that, well, I always want to create, but mm. as you know, I've always wanted to have like a clothing company or yeah, yeah. like I've always aspired to have that. So my career goals are definitely to have a clothing company that is my own, that I can creatively express myself in every single day. Um, and that I can incorporate this world into because mm -hmm. you need to do things. You need to have ads, have whatever. And yeah. I can use all of that knowledge to do that. So I'm so excited for the day when you start your... I can't wait. I mean, I feel like I'm constantly planning towards it. Well, since I was 19 years old, literally, yeah. that was the moment where I decided this is something that I really want to do. Mm. And I've constantly been planning towards it, but I've also constantly been telling myself not to do it because mm. I was like, just focus on the digital media world for now. Yeah. And now I'm at the space where I'm like, actually, things don't have to be so separated and boxed in yeah like, so rigid dude everything everything can everything works together and overflow no definitely i also feel like one day you're literally just gonna wake up and be like today's the day and that's gonna be it i agree with you but i also feel like now i've actually actively made the decision to work towards that and just mm. get it done so probably in the next year <gasps> things will happen that's so exciting what are your career career goals right now i don't know hey yesterday i started a new job um, as an editor for a company and we were all talking Thank you. <laughs> we were all talking at lunch yesterday and one of my co-workers was like so where do you guys see yourself in the future like what are your goals mm. whatever and I was like this is it babe I'm like <laughs> I'm here I'm like I'm I've here arrived. I have literally manifested this moment for like what three years four years now I'm here I'm like I don't know where I'm gonna go I think I need to just get into it first Mm. get to know the industry get to know the way it works but I also feel like it's very different because you're you're working out an established company that's very different from what my experience was yeah but I don't know we'll see I also don't want to like obviously this is not the be all end all like I'm not going to mm. be here forever um but this is the start of your journey but this is the start of my journey and I mean I'm very fluid with like mm. like I said it's always what feels right like Literally, if you had asked me that four years ago, I was like, I'm going to be a dancer. What do you mean? Why are you asking? Mm. I'm going to be an actress. Like, I think that's what I found so difficult about the start of honors as well, because the first week they kind of try and lead you to getting a research topic. And then they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, it's changing every day. Mm, every I day. don't have a safe goal every day. Yeah. My goal is changing. And I think we have to. Like, we're literally living in a world of cryptocurrencies and NFTs. You can't. There's no predictability yeah. in it. The metaverse is here tomorrow. Then what? Yeah. And our skill sets grow and def change and evolve and whatever. So that can exactly. lead us anywhere else. So. And our interests are also constantly changing. Mm. So. So. What is the one thing? you think people misunderstand about you okay well there's different there's there's different things right <laughs> for example with um like my family they will always say like the way that I speak to them comes off as rude mm. and I don't know how to talk and I don't know how to express myself without it being rude but that I've only experienced that with my family I haven't experienced it with anyone else. And the way well, that I speak... You speak to your family in a different language. In a different language. And I think... You know what it is? I was thinking about it. I speak Spanish with my family, but I speak it the way I would speak in English, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, I'll use the same expressions, I'll use the same tones, but just in the Spanish language. And I think that, like, my intentions with my words and all of that gets, like, lost in the translation. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Because... Like, even with you, we, we speak to each other like, I don't know, I guess it's harsh. But we are kind of harsh to each other. I mean, look, we are blunt and like mm. we're to the point. Mm. And I feel like that comes off as rude to my family. And I'm always like, but I'm not being rude, guys. Well, I think the same thing applies to me because it's not just with my family. A lot of people think I come across as rude or intimidating is a mm. word I get a lot. And it's very, 
frustrating to me to come yeah. across that way because I, in my brain, I'm just communicating with you. I'm yeah. just, we're flowing, we're talking, and then to hear you're intimidating me, I'm like, I'm so sorry. What like, have I done? I thought we were good. Yeah, <laughs> we were friends. No, yeah. I hear that a lot. And while there was a space in my life where it really bothered me, but now I'm like, mm. it's who I am. Yeah. No, it used to bother me as well. I think I'm kind of getting out of it now. I'm like, oh, whatever, I don't care. Fix my hair. No it's problem. really annoying me. It's fine. I think I just want to ha- add one last point to mm-hmm. that question. I think also, didn't we have this realization in like second year or third year where we were like, the people in our industry and in our degree speak to each other in a certain way. Mm. And we know, especially with like, let's say when we were doing live theater mm. and we were directing or stage managing or whatever, we'll be like, you guys are idiots. Like, yeah. can we get the show on the road? You know, like, yeah, and we true. were so used to speaking to each other. And we know that when it's, it's showtime or whatever, it's not, we, I don't mean it in that way. It's just, mm. we got to get things done. Mm. And I think that translated into our lives outside of that. It's a very high strength industry and there's not a lot of time to get things done. Yeah. And so if you're in a rehearsal and you have 20 minutes to block a scene and you're taking your time to get there, at some point someone's going to yell. Someone's going to yell, dude. And you're not going to take it personal because you, you understand that there is only 20 minutes yeah. and you're going to move. And I think so we've gotten to a point where we don't really take things personal. No. Someone can literally come up to me and be like, move. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. But because if you do the same thing to someone else, they're like... <gasps> Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this question because I recently had a very interesting discussion with someone um, new that I met and I asked the person how they would describe themselves and they used the word they are kind and that word has always bothered me when people use it because I don't yeah. understand how you look at yourself and say who am I? I am kind because what does that mean? And so my question to you is, how do you define kindness? How do I define kindness? Whoa. So I think kindness, okay, it can manifest in different ways. But what I would define as kindness is someone that's understanding and just caring, I think. also. So those two things, when they come together, then that's kindness for me. I found it interesting because I asked them what they thought. And their answer was that kindness lies in the intention and the intention is justification. So mm. if you intend to do good, that is kind. But my argument then is, isn't every person kind? Yeah, that gets tricky. Doesn't Isn't every person kind if your intent is just to do good? I don't think there's many people in this world who actually wake up and their intent is to just be horrible people. No, so I don't then think so either. It would kind of not make sense to describe yourself as kind because isn't everyone? Yeah, I think everyone is trying to be the best ver- version of themselves. And, you know, you, you don't go out and intentionally try to be an asshole to mm. people. You know what I mean? Well, if you do, then I guess you're having an off day or whatever. But you don't just... It's not your then human... Then you're definitely not kind. It's not your... <laughs> then you're not kind. <laughs> but it's not your human nature, I think. No. And also, the thing with intentions is your intentions can be good, but you can still cause harm. That's what I say. And That's then exactly what I say. Is that kind towards the people that were hurt in the situation? That's why I'm saying, like, understanding. Because, like, and it goes with your intentions as well. If Let's say you have good intentions for something, but someone gets hurt. Then it's up to you to be understanding of that person and the way that they experience the whole situation. Yeah, and, and to be sympathetic. And just be humble as well. I think right, yeah. humility comes into it as well, you know? I think you have to, what you just said, you have mm-hmm. to take certain values and say, if you do these three things or these four things, or you strive to do them, you're kind. It amounts to that one thing. It's the same thing with, like, the concept of anger. You're never just angry. Yeah, it's layered. It's layered. You're frustrated and sad um, and hurt, and then that leads to your anger. Yeah, I think a big thing for me was when I found out, like, I can't remember. I think I read it somewhere that anger is a secondary emotion. And I was like, yeah, that's so important. It is important to understand that. Because then, like, even that will just help you, like, navigate your relationships, let's say, for example. Because if you can recognize that in your partner, like, okay, they're frustrated because of this and then mm. they were overwhelmed because of that that's leading to this anger it's it's not just directed at me yeah like it helps 100 percent. it helps you to be sympathetic towards other people yeah that's my next question Ooh, what is the best piece of advice Ooh. that you've gotten this is always a hard question for me right. when people ask questions about advice or like what is the best advice that i've ever gotten or maybe not even advice, just like something 
like a line or something that you were like, whoa. I know, these are the most difficult questions because, yeah. That is really hard. I don't think I can give a specific piece of advice, but I can say that, like, I think I find advice mm-hmm. in people. So what I mean by that is, so for instance, a lady in my life that lives her life a very specific way and she has a very specific view on the world. I don't necessarily always agree with her views. Yeah. But I find a lot of advice in the way that she lives her life. Right. Because I find a lot of inspiration from it that I take into my life and say, yeah, that's a good thing to apply. So I don't know if there's like one specific line necessarily, but that's mm. what I think. Do you but have... just people's actions. Yeah. Do okay. you have a line? You see, it's funny that because I asked you this question because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. Um, I think I do. I think, you see, the thing is with me, have you seen that TikTok that's like, um, I stay awake at night because I don't know what my favorite color is and I'm scared Aww. that everything about me is a lie and I'm a lie imposter of a person. Yeah, imposter syndrome. I've been trying for years to figure out what are these things? Like when people ask these generic questions, like what is the that one piece you? of advice? Like what is it for me? And then I'll think about, I'll remember something and I'll like make a note on my phone and then then I lose the note and then I'm like, oh, now I don't know that thing. Now my like, personality is gone. Now I'm, yeah, I'm a lie of a person. <laughs> no, I so, don't think that's necessarily true. Although I did just remember a, li- a line that I think is mm-hmm. important and I'll say that now, but I don't think that's necessarily true because I had a friend, I still have the friend, but at the specific point in our relationship, things got very hard because I would always be sharing and they would never be sharing. Mm. And the person said to me that, it's hard for them to share things with me because they feel like they're lying because tomorrow they're going to be a different version of that. Whoa. And I, that like struck me. That's deep. Because we're all different people all the time. Yeah. And what affects me today and what's important to me today might be completely different tomorrow. But it isn't different until it's different. Yeah. You won't know that it's changed until it's changed. It's your opinions and your perspective. So what you think in that moment, as long as you are honest and open, that's who you are. Mm. I think that's the thing that I've been needing to like accept is that mm. we're fluid and we're, we're very fluid people. Yeah, we're not just one thing and then that's it. I mean, everybody's fluid. Every a human beings, our nature is to be fluid, and I think yeah, and to evolve. Sometimes we want ourselves to be rigid because that's what a character is, or that's what, a, especially in our industry, we're used to being characters. And yeah, the character has specific traits, and they're that person. And they make all decisions from that perspective. Yeah. But we're not characters. Exactly. But yeah. I think now that I've actually thought about it, there's one quote that like, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's advice. But I think it goes along with what I spoke about earlier is my philosophy of life. And it's a quote by John Green. It's about anticipation. Oh, yeah. That's your favorite. Yeah. And it says that <laughs> doesn't matter how good or how great kissing feels. Mm. It never feels as good as the anticipation of it. The lead up. It's kind of toxic also, because what I will do, I will want the anticipation so much that I stop any action. Sometimes in relationships with people. You do do that. Yeah. In the relationships with people, I want to have that anticipation so bad that I won't, like, if they want to tell me about themselves, I'm like, no, don't tell me. Yeah, you're like, don't tell your life. Because when I find out about your life, it should be like... Yeah, I get you. And you do that in a lot of ways. And I don't think you realize it. Like, when I moved to this house, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get furniture to like fill up all the dead space. And you were like, I loved when my house was just a rug. (laughs) I'm like, what? No, I do that. (laughs) But it's like delayed gratification, I guess. But it's also because the thinking about the planning towards like putting a table here and putting a portrait here Mm. and putting a rug here. Once the portrait is there and the rug is there, it's there. Yeah, I think it's just the process. We enjoy, like, the process of things. I love the process of things. I love the process of things. And I love the process of getting to know people, really getting to know people, and I hate when it's rushed. Well, I think that's my best advice that I've gotten, is to trust the process. Yeah, that's something you use a lot. Yo, I love that. And it's so true. You must just trust the process. Like, oh, no, it's just, it's the one. It's the one. (laughs) It's the one. Trust the process of your life. Are you trying to decide between Between two two questions? questions. (laughs) Okay. But I'm going to ask this one. Yeah. Do you think, it's very deep, it's taking us in a different direction. Oh, gosh. Okay. The question is, do you think Mm -hmm. there should be limitations to free speech? Mmm. You see. (laughs) You see. You see. That's a big one, dude. It's an important one. That's a big one. I don't think there should be limitations to free speech. But I think, you see, this is where it gets tricky. Because if you must... 
have the capacity to think to yourself, if I'm being an asshole right now, maybe I shouldn't say this in this moment with this crowd of people. Well, I mean, there are laws against hate speech. So yeah. Hate speech and free okay. speech are not the same. Yeah, thing. that's not the same thing. But yeah. free speech, for example, mm-hmm. saying, this is very controversial, saying nobody should get the jab or saying mm. um, science is so wrong and spreading information that people believe, other people believe are the truth. That is that is still free speech. It's not hate speech. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're spreading misinformation... Dude, wasn't YouTube in the news for this? I'm sure they were. I mean... Dude, well, I was... Facebook was in the news for helping spread misinformation. Misinformation. Yeah, well, it's the same with YouTube. I, I heard it on the radio the other day that they were talking about how YouTube is the platform with the most amount of misinformation being spread mm. at the moment. And that the platform should do something, have something in their community guidelines where they can... I don't know what they're going to do. Censor like, what are things? They gonna do? Or, like, how do you do that? And that's, that's what I'm thing. saying. That's what I'm asking. But I think the problem in that is saying misinformation, right? How do you how do you define that? Because I can say I believe in spirituality. And someone else can say that that's misinformation. Right. Or someone cannot like something I say and say that's misinformation. Mm. If you're looking at something from a Christian point of view that someone else says, you're going to say that's misinformation. If you're looking at it from a Muslim point of view, you're going to say that's misinformation. So how do you... I think that's where it differs. When it comes to things like religion, then, okay, cool, whatever. But, like, I think where you can draw the line... Well, this is where I would draw the line on whether something is true or not. It's just science, dude. (laughs) Like, the professionals in the field of whatever we're talking about. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I don't disagree with you, but I do think it's a muddy field. It is. I don't think that misinformation should necessarily be stopped or censored but I think there should be more education about it so at the end of the day the biggest scientists in the world all have opposing views about things Mm -hmm. and I don't think we should stop those things from being spoken about because there isn't a harsh line on it yet Mm -hmm. I think the problem comes in when when big masses of people aren't being educated on topics Mm -hmm. and then people come and spread a misinformation so let's say Kavivi. I feel like there's a lot of issues with Kavivi. with the fact that it hasn't been transparent enough. Mm-hmm. Sciences have not been transparent enough, and so people can very easily fall for misinformation. Yeah, for because sure. Because we don't know what the truth is. They haven't. They're not actually sharing correct data with us. For sure. I think going back to the whole YouTube and platforms and things. Mm-hmm. I think something that, like, for example, TikTok is doing that is admirable, but obviously there's room for improvement, is, like, whenever you're talking about Kavivi in a video, it will say. It will flag it. It will flag it. So maybe having things like certain topics like that are obviously controversial, like, you can just have a flag, like, saying, yo, be careful with what this person is saying. I mean, yes, but also that is censorship in a way, because if a, if a company, say TikTok, for instance... Let's say TikTok flags abortion as controversial. Mm. That means they are keeping data on how many people are talking about it. What are they saying? Are they saying things pro or anti? And then if you're a person who is pro, you're only going to get flooded with pro. And if I'm a person who's anti, Mm. I'm only going to get flooded with anti. And that's currently what's happening with algorithms that we have. And I think that's so dangerous. That's also true. Because if you're going to live in a world where... All content you receive is just from your point of view. You're going to believe that the whole world believes what you believe. Yeah. That's going to be very dangerous for you. And the thing is, you can't... We can't get to a point where the world is over-censored. Yes, censorship is important in certain... Aspects. Aspects. If you're going to put information on the internet about how to make a bomb. <laughs> it's not good. Censor. Censor that. But, yeah, it's... Mm, I guess that's why other people say our generation is sensitive, because... We want everyone to be safe and we want everyone to have the right to speak. Girly, I'm a freaking psychic. Didn't you see me looking up there literally two seconds ago? Girly, she said hello. I looked up and I was like, this girly has been holding on nicely. I'm a little concerned because there was no wind. What happened there? No, I think the tape is just coming off slowly but surely. Like it's not taped. 
properly. Hmm. <laughs> don't be scared. Everything is fine. <laughs> I haven't spent the night in salsa. I don't know. No, man. I cleansed it before. I cleansed it before I moved in. Yeah, but I don't know what you brought from your old house. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, with the stuff that you bought, that Cassie. Oh no, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You cool. So? And next is what's your fatal flaw? <gasps> Isn't this called Hermarthia? Hermarthia. Something like that, maybe. Probably. I read about this in the Fault in Our Stars when I was like, yeah, fourteen. I'm sure that word came up during our degree. I just don't remember. A lot of things. <laughs> Me as a person. Yeah, I have a lot. I am the floor. There's a lot of flaws here. Great. <laughs> no. Um, no, but I think I am not one of those people who are like, oh, but everyone has good in them and so we should just keep them around. I understand those people, but I'm not one of them because I am the person who says, baby Hitler. Hitler was a good person in some aspects. Hmm. To some people, he was a genuinely good person. He was kind. Was he Was he really a good person, though? <laughs> was he wrong? Or, so I'm not going to look at the good in you and excuse your bad behavior. No, yeah. But that's. I don't think those people are trying to say that. Because mm. I am that person. <laughs> I think you do that a lot without I, meaning to do I that. I do that a lot. So I think a lot. a lot of the time what will happen is People like that, which is not just you. A lot of people in my life are like that. And I think it is a fatal flaw for them. That's why I can say this. But I mean, it's a bit harsh, but it, it's the truth. I think allowing people who genuinely have bad intentions mm. to stay in your life because you're like, but they're a good person. I can help them and they're better and whatever. I'm not talking about someone who did one thing and is trying to change. No, yeah. But you see, that's the difference with me. I will cut you off, bitch. But that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think my fatal flaw is sometimes that I'm very quick to exclude people. Yeah. I can meet a new person and see them do one thing before I've even spoken a word to them. And, and then immediately decide that that person will never, ever, ever be a part of my life. You're done with it. Or have the privilege to know me. Yeah. And once I've decided that, I've decided it. I'm not going to engage with that person. I'm not going to try. Mm. And I'm not... Like, there's no... If the decision is made, the decision is made. Yeah. And I think that's my fatal flaw. I think that's your fatal flaw. But you are very stubborn also. I think it comes from your stubbornness. Oh, I'm very stubborn. I'm a Taurus. But you're a Taurus, so you can't I'm help very it. Stubborn. What's mine? I don't, I don't know mine. Well, except the fact that you... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I can tell you which your fatal flaw is. I yeah. think. I think. I think your fatal flaw is the fact that you are very easily persuaded. So... Dude, people tell me this, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, fuck you. She watched... I'm not easily persuaded. She watched one video in, like, second year, and she comes to me, and she's like, I just want you to know that the earth is literally flat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I cannot allow, allow people in my life who think these things. Do you understand? I'm but like, also, not. I do those things to piss people off. Like, True, but I, I think you genuinely believe sometimes <laughs> that some things are the truth that aren't necessarily the truth. Listen, you what you know, you know. Mm. So if you if you have knowledge about stuff, yes. But you're very easily persuaded about other things. So if someone sounds very knowledgeable and they give you an argument that is half decent, you will absolutely yeah. grab it with both hands and that's make my it thing. your complete identity. Yeah, that's my thing. With things that aren't really that important to me, I'm like, ugh, whatever. I'm just waiting for someone to give me a good theory on it. And then I'm like, shut yeah. This is the theory. Let's go for it. <laughs> but then the problem with it is you're not just like, okay, this is a theory. I'm going to put it in the back of my brain. You're like, this is the theory and I believe it fully. And now I'm going to do everything in my life to make sure that everyone knows that this is the right theory. I think You're like, I'm a witch. I'm a witch. Finished. I'm wearing the hat. I'm putting sage in my house. Done. And then a month later, I'm over it. Yeah. The thing is, I think what it comes down to is that it's just that like I'll wake up and I'm like, I am this person today. Mm. And then I have that for like a week or however long it lasts. And then I it's move over. on to the next thing. But that's what I think your fate of noise is. Yeah. I think that sometimes you're just, you're too go with the flow on certain aspects that make you gullible on them and then once you've believed something that's absolutely well it's a very <laughs> illogical argument it's not the one yeah you're like this is the one i'm like this is the one <laughs> and you're very it could be you're so sure about it this is the thing dude i forgot about the whole flat earth thing I, the thing is in that moment i think i was like i want to be controversial 
like I want to. And then I heard people talking about flat earth, whatever, Google. And I was like, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> like, and Marius was there and Marius. Marius was there and he hated me. He was like, he's very focused on geology and like all the stuff that goes along with it. And so he's like, baby, the earth is absolutely not flat. He was fighting with me and I was just laughing. Like I was literally laughing. That's another fatal flaw, but that's both of our fatal flaws is I think... If people take things very seriously that we don't take seriously, we will laugh. Yeah, we will laugh in your face. And they will be very they will be very passionate about the topic. And when we start laughing about it, they get very upset. And we're not that's not necessarily an attempt to be rude. It's just like this topic is genuinely funny to us because it doesn't matter. Yeah. But to them it's not that deep. Yeah. We do that all the time. We do that a lot. It's a big problem. I think my fatal flaw also, along with that, is that I can't apologize to people. You can't apologize? No, I can't. I'm really bad at saying sorry. Like, I can't. That word has come out of my mouth maybe, like, five times. That is horrible. It's terrible. And it's really bad, and I want to work on it. And then there's a part of me that's like, why do you need to work on it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfect. There's nothing I need to change. No, but I have to. It's bad. But the thing with the word sorry is, like, sometimes it's so futile. I fucking hate when people say sorry, actually. Like, a lot of the times when I'm in really serious arguments with people... Mm. I and they say sorry to me I'll get angry because I'm like don't say sorry don't say sorry yeah. just go and think about it and fix it I've also been like that hey like when I used to fight with Amir then I would and he would say sorry because he apologizes a lot for this everything. is her husband my, my man's he apologizes a lot he's one of those people that's like mm. hi sorry <laughs> you know and then I would tell him don't say sorry change your actions mm. you know like you saying sorry means nothing to me I will say sorry for little things so if I'm like yeah well, not necessarily little all the time. I said sorry to Bobby a thousand times for losing the dogs. It's not very little. <laughs> but yeah, but like, like that, yeah. I can apologize for it. But if it's like a deep thing in myself that I have to actually really confront and work with, then mm-hmm. I, it's also hard. But I've, I've gotten a lot better at it. But yeah. it is something that you have to work on. No, I have to work on it. I know I have to. And it's going to be hard, but... I guess we have to... I guess I have to do it for other people. I have to be, like, the better version of myself. The better version. Whatever. Just because. Just try. Okay. Next question, then I have my last question. Okay. What has most disappointed or shocked you about growing up or, like, being an adult? You know what shocked me is that I freaking love it. And I grew up with everyone being, like... Being adult is so annoying. Adulting is hard. Oh, you know those memes on Facebook that are like, I don't know, like, oh, when I was younger, I used to wish I was an adult. I've never wanted to, like, return a wish or whatever. Like, I don't know how to frame it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) return a wish. (laughs) No, but we're on on different aspects of this. Yeah. No, I love being an adult. I love being independent. Mm -hmm. I love being out of my parents' house. I love having a car that I can drive and obviously mm. this is from a posi- like a privileged position mm. but yeah I think back to childhood and I'm like that is ghetto I don't want to go back there when people are like I miss high school I miss primary school mm. I'm like ew no I don't I don't feel like that either I, I was so like controlled I like you have to go to school at this time you have to wear this you have to come home and do your homework your parents tell you to clean your room you have to do it immediately mm. like I just love freedom and, like, being an adult. But I think, like, I agree with you on those aspects. Of, like, I love the freedom it comes with. I love the fact that I can be independent. I love my independence. I value it highly. And I value the fact that I get to make choices. And so if I think back to being a child, I'm not like, this is something I want. Mm. But that doesn't mean I'm not shocked and appalled every single day that this is the world that we live in. <laughs> no, like, it is shocking. I'm like, this is not what I thought it, about it was. And this is... But I think, like... A lot of what I hate about hate about adulthood lies in flaws in the world. I'm like, yeah, yeah, why are there people who are cripplingly poor who can't do things and our system is set up to help people fail and yeah. help the rich get richer? That's what bothers me. But what what doesn't bother me is like that just the way that people framed it when we were young. Like, oh, you're an adult, you have to pay bills. That's the most annoying part. And then I grow up and I'm like, okay, paying bills is annoying, but there's bigger issues, like what you just said. Yeah, well, there's a lot of bigger issues, but bills are part of them, but not just bills, like exploitation and never mind that, like what also annoys me a lot about being an adult. And like, I understand this is like something that 
it can come across as like frivolous, but it really isn't, is that you are raised in a world where you, there's kind of this implication of promise. Mm -hmm. If you, I think Brad Drake spoke about this also once. If you like, if you do the right thing, if you go to school and go to university and get into university and whatever, you will get a good job and your good job will make you happy and you will be able to pay your bills and you'll, from your bills, you will buy a house and from your house, you will have a kid and from your kid, you will send them to school. And just that. That doesn't always happen like that. Well, first of all, you obviously have the choice to not make that happen. Yeah. But second of all, the world is also not set up to reward you for, for doing things Mm -hmm. like, the world doesn't reward you for being a good citizen. Yeah. Even though that's the claim. Yeah. For the, the, the way you think about it, it doesn't. And it also, you, well, you don't have the choice to be a bad citizen because then you get punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are going to live in a space where they did everything right by the book. And now we're in a space where we have 54% unemployment rates. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Those people absolutely are going to have to act out. This is not the American dream, guys. Where's the picket fence? Your, where's the picket fence? Your um, hard work doesn't always pay off. And that's just the way of the world. That's why I was saying, like, obviously this is from a privileged position. Mm. And we have to acknowledge that, you know? Absolutely. But that's yeah. what I'm saying, like... Adulthood can be fun, but that doesn't mean it's not shocking. Yeah, no. It's that doesn't mean things aren't shocking. disturbing. Yeah. But I'm also grateful to, like, have the capacity to, like, understand that things are shocking mm. and they are unfair. And, you to know. To realize that something is wrong in the system. But mm. I'm so, it's so frustrating to realize that something's wrong in the system because how do you fix it? The system has existed for so fucking long. Yeah, that's the thing. What can we do? It's how, a, how has the system existed for so long and we've never figure, figured out a better way to do it? It's the same debate with, like, all the global warming and going green and all of that mm. where, like, people are like, okay, but now they're placing all the like emphasis on the consumer like we have to have reusable bags and we have to use reusable bottles and all of these things but it's the companies are selling us things in plastic you know what i mean like literally never mind making the plastic they're actual just offsets yeah they're carbon emissions or whatever in itself is more damaging to the environment than a single individual could ever be it's deep dude Next question. <laughs> okay, finish with that deep discussion. No, it is no, very deep. The thing is, like, where do we go from there? It's no, just where do we go? existential dread. Like, that's and it. if you don't like capitalism, what do you want? Do you want socialism? I guess, but not really. Do you want communism? I guess, but not really. <laughs> Last question. How do we meet? Aww. <laughs> to finish off. Cute. How do we meet? Well, <laughs> we met. You're like, I don't know, you tell me, bitch. (laughs) You tell me, honey. No, we met through our degree. You know, I was actually telling Maurice about this yesterday, but we met through our degree, and I remember the very first day I ever saw you, I was like, this girl is real scary, and I'm (laughs) not going to be her friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. I've always wondered. People always tell me that I'm intimidating. It wasn't that you were intimidating. It was that I was raised in a very particular way with a very particular mindset in a very close-minded way and so I was raised there are good kids and bad kids and random kids and there are people you don't associate yourself with Mm. if you're a good kid if you're a good kid you only associate associate yourself with good kids yeah and I was like well the way that I was taught which is obviously incredibly problematic and I have challenged this idea every day for the last five years of my life is that good people are only good And they present themselves in a certain way. They're always very put together. They don't associate with certain things. They don't even think about certain things. They'll never speak about certain things or engage with certain things. The dichotomy of good and bad. It's very, it was very... Black and white. Very black and white. And there was a tiny, 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 tiny little box of what good is. And if you didn't fit into that tiny, tiny little box, you weren't. And so I was always interested in people that didn't fit into that box. But I could never say it because then I would Mm. be a bad person. Yeah. So I would always be interested in it. Like, I would date people outside my religion, which was looked at as very, like, <gasps> how could you do that? Yeah. And it was, like, me being a rebel and whatever. But really, I was just interested in who is this person that yeah. doesn't fit into this box. How freeing must it be to not fit into that box? Mm. And so when I saw you for the first time, that's literally what went through my so head. So you're I saying like, I was a baddie? Yeah. <laughs> well, you were, she was sitting there. Her hair was a different color. Her clothes were, like, she literally looked like she was walking from, like, a hip-hop set. <laughs> And then, Please remember this is after 
or like in the middle of my dancer era. <laughs> yeah, this is in her dance. She looks like a girl walking from step up. Literally, off the set. She had sneakers on. She was sitting on steps when I saw her. And she was like putting her sneakers or like fidgeting with her sneakers. And I could see her like tattoo. And I was like, wow. okay. And my tattoo is of a cross, mind you. So it's not even like a. No, but like to a me bad. that was like. But it's a, it's a tattoo, so. Well, it was a tattoo and it was like placement of it. Like, could you not even bother to hide it? Like, <laughs> like that was. You're like, oh my God, are you not embarrassed? Yeah, I can <laughs> see it, babe. <laughs> what? I don't know. Wow. But then also like, I don't want to say, it sounds very harsh when I say it, but that was the way that I saw the world, but I was also challenging it. So it yes. was like, don't do that. And then I was like, but I actually do do that. Yeah. You're like, so why not? It was hard wow. and a a challenging period in my life because I was challenging what I grew up with and what I wanted to keep. Yeah. And that wasn't something that I wanted to keep. So eventually I was like, actually, fuck that. I'm just going to get to know everyone. And then, mm. well, I was kind of forced to get to know you by the degree. A little bit. A little bit. But I, the thing is, we chose that group that we were in, that we met for the dance thing. Yeah, but I think it was like a little bit for forced. convenience. Yeah, but I also wanted, because that was, was it second year mm. that we did that dance together? Um, I was also wanting to, because every time we had group projects and certain people would always be with each other. Mm-hmm. And I was also trying to like break, free, break from free from being with the same people all the time. Like I wanted to meet everyone and like, cause the thing is with our degree, we saw the same people every single day. Mm-hmm. We will, it was, it's not like those degrees where you go in and if you don't talk to people, you don't make friends. Like here we were forced to, cause mm-hmm. we were all together all the time. And it was very emotional. Like you were forced to confront your deepest fears and share them with the group. And, and share, yeah, everything was very collaborative. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to get to know everyone. And then, yeah, I was like, cool, let me just join this group of white chicks. <laughs> you were with three white girls. I was like, these honeys are struggling a bit. Let me help them, shame. <laughs> and, yeah, it just... I also, I don't know, I gravitated towards you. I wanted to get to know... Because in that group, there was two other girls. And I was already friends with the one. The other one, I was like, okay, cool. You were more friends with the other girl. Yeah. Um, when I grew up with her. Yeah. And then I was like, cool... Like, I wanted to get to know you, you know, because... We didn't know We each other. didn't know each other then, so... But yeah. that's... From the first day that I saw her, which was the first day of first year, our very first class, to a cut to a year, a year and maybe four months, mm. that was our first real conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't speak the whole of first year, really. We didn't really no. interact. Yeah, and I was just like, okay... I think my first impression of you was just like, okay, this girl with the big hair and <laughs> the big booty big hair. <laughs> I was like she's cute whatever whatever but then when I got to know you I think I did have that feeling of like maybe she's sheltered you know what I mean oh I was yeah I was like okay because I, I knew in first year when I saw you and I had that like first impression and I was like mm, I don't think we'll get along mm. I could just tell that like mm. we were in different spaces so that's enough trust the process right I had to have my process and yeah. be a different person yeah so I think for that year you were like deconstructing a lot of like the things that you grew up with and like, I was it was very interesting because I had like I said I wanted to I always wanted to break out of that box but mm. not do it you had to violently. do it freely um yeah and also like I didn't want to disrupt the peaceful equilibrium that was set. Yeah, you couldn't be at home and break through it. You see. You know, you had to leave. But I had, I always had interesting relationships that were hidden, that were outside of that that box, mm-hmm. that specific box. Especially with my longtime best friend, mm-hmm. who completely broke out of that box and was completely free and would make comments all the time about different things. And so personally, in my personal capacity, inside, hidden in my deep, dark space inside, I loved tattoos. And I was intrigued with people who had crazy hair and who could wear whatever they wanted and look like they rolled out of bed and whatever. Like, all of those things were so interesting to me. People Mm. who were interested in whatever was considered alternative. Yeah. But I just couldn't freely engage with them. So, Mm. like, even that friendship, I think... It was hidden for a long time. Yeah, you needed to be in a place where you could explore those different people. Yeah. Without judgment. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were in that dance group together for one of our projects. 
And then what happened? <laughs> we were getting ready the one day. We were like, we would do our makeup together and stuff all the time. Mm. And then the one day you said something. You were like, yeah, because then I told him like, we, whatever, you're my best friend. And I was like, oh, shame. So, <laughs> so first of all, we were in the stance together, which was like the May. And then the July, I believe, there was like a big festival mm-hmm. where we were in different shows. But the one day for our show, our shows kind of crossed over into d- two different theatres, but we had the same dressing room or something like mm-hmm. that. And so we were in the dressing room and I was like getting ready. I was literally about to go on stage and I'm talking to her and I'm like, yeah, and so whatever. And then I was like, yeah, but you're my best friend, so it doesn't matter. And then <laughs> I'm like busy getting ready. I'm literally, I'm going to walk out now. And I looked to the side and she just has tears in her eyes. <laughs> my misty eyes like, are like staring into your soul I'm like, like what did I say I thought I like said something wrong and she's like haven't they ever called me their best friend before yeah guys <laughs> I was like I'm your best friend I never had a best friend before I yeah. died that day I was like what do you mean <laughs> you're like bitch what the fuck? I was like really I have to go now <laughs> I cannot unpack this you literally dropped that bomb and you left you're no, like, I was Bye. like okay you can cry but I'm gonna <laughs> I have a show to get to yeah so that's the story. But that was lovely. I was like, oh, shame. Yeah. And I, can I say the best thing about that is like, I remember like maybe two days later, we were on the grass and I was like, yeah. And I was talking about my cousin and we grew up together. And I was like, yeah, well, she's my best friend. And she's like, what do you mean she's her best friend? I'm your best <laughs> I'm like, friend. I'm the only. I'm like, girly. <laughs> You're like, mm. <laughs> You are, but like. But not really like that. <laughs> but like that, but not. There's different ones. There's different like, ones. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. That was a, a beautiful moment. This was a beautiful moment. This was a beautiful moment. Thank you for Aww, having us. No. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. This is beautiful. Now we have to edit this. An hour and 11. Great. Wow. That's really good, yeah. That's good. Hopefully we weren't too fidgety and awkward. But This was our first ever episode. I'm sure we will look back at this and cringe very hard. We are going to cringe. Then we will get better. Yes. It's all uphill from here. So that's what we have Unlike to when you to. turn 21. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. No, no. Now we're closer to 25, so. Oh, no. Please. We'll have to report back to you on that. Don't remind me. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. How do we insult? Do we say a thing? Do we just say bye? Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> okay.